Welcome to the Womb Happy Hour with Lorraine Giordano. It's time to connect with your feminine energy center, your own body, to achieve anything that your heart desires. It's a discussion about a place you may have not discussed so much, the place down there. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Giordano. Hello, everyone. Hope you're having a brilliant day. You're listening to the Womb Happy Hour. I'm your intuitive energy healing host, Lorraine Giordano. I would love to hear from you. You can uh, check out my website, send me an email, send me some feedback on the show or any of the blog posts at info and inspiredhealth.net and on social media. I'd love to connect. Facebook, you can find me at uh, inspired2to health. And on LinkedIn, my name is spelled L O R R A I N E Giordano, G I O R D A N O. And on Twitter, uh, it's inspire the number two health. All right. On today's episode, uh, and actually before I get to that, on today's episode, we were supposed to have two special guests. And so Angie Twidle is not uh, able to join us on this episode. So it's just going to be Lois Barth and I having a tremendous chat. But um, Angie, Angie will be on the show down the road. So um, if you'd like to, she's a beekeeper. So if you'd like to check out, I shared a, uh, a post on Facebook with her discussing bees. It's really interesting. Check her out. All right. So on today's episode, Lois Barth is joining us and she has an electric, well, she is an electric power source. And she's helped hmm, thousands. Thank you so much, of, Lorraine. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, she's helped hundreds and thousands of women to have the courage to um, to find their sparkle in their life. And so to connect with Lois, I highly recommend that you check out her website. It's a lot of great resources. Her website is L-O-I-S-B-A-R-T-H.com, LoisBarth.com. And uh, if you'd like to email her, you can reach out to Lois, L-O-I-S, at LoisBarth.com. And I always love it when guests have simple handles where they're consistent. (laughs) But on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, you can find her at LoisBarth. I'll spell it one more time, L-O-I-S, B as in boy, A-R-T-H. And I'm just going to do a a quick um, shout out because we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. But Lois has an awesome book. Um, It is called, she's a best-selling author, but it's called Courage to Sparkle, The Audacious Girl's Guide to Creating a Life That Lights You Up. And I dare you to say that out loud and not feel a spark and feel a little pep. All right. Lois, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lorraine. It's so great to be on the show. And I just love what you're up to. And um, I think down there is a really important topic that just um, brings women to their sparkle and what connects for them. So I'm so delighted to be on the show. And uh, thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to have you on the show. Thanks. you are an electric power source, I think. I think there, you know, there are people on the planet who are, um, you know, who help raise other people's vibrations. You know, I'm mm. into energy work, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you're one of those people. Like how we Aww. do that might be Thank handled you. in different ways, but I, I think you're an electrical 
power, raise the vibration of um, women out there. So kudos to you. Well, thank you so much. And it's something else I'll put on my resume under special skills, electric. We'll see what happens. So thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I feel the same way about you, Lorraine. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you. Well, I mean, to sparkle, it it implies a little bit of extra juice there, a little extra. Absolutely. I can agree with you more. All right. So there's so many things to talk with you about, but let's start off with, I'm going to hit you with. uh, Sure. When you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? And um, did you ever see yourself being a keynote motivational speaker, a best-selling author, an inspiring coach, and a power socket for women to tap into their own sparkle? That is a wonderful question. And when I was growing up, nobody really ever even thought about being a motivational speaker. It's a very, obviously it was a very different time, but I also, um, one of my loicisms, which stands for lessons, opportunities, insights, and solutions, is life is always talking, make sure that you're listening. And I remember when I was a very little girl hearing Helen Reddy's song, I am woman, watch me roll, in numbers too big. And I remember just prancing around the house and dancing to that song and feeling a profound connection and not knowing <clears throat> exactly why. So I have always felt a real um, passion and connection to women in terms of supporting and elevating them. So I have felt it. I did have two moments in my life that, you know, I think we have defining moments that tell us what path that we're on in life, even though there might not be actually a job description attached to it. But I had two moments in my life, I call them defining moments, where I knew that I was, I had a heightened level of awareness around people and um, human behavior, and I was fascinated by human behavior. I was very blessed. I had a mother and father who were fascinated by human behavior, and so we would have a lot of discussions around the table. It was not unusual for my father at like nine, ten years old to give me Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That was my first chapter book. Yeah, my parents really were fascinated by human behavior, Um, so I always had that orientation, but I had something happen when I was six years old, that was actually quite dramatic for me, uh, that I was really, and, and most light workers, as you say, I call them transformational truth tellers. And we're people, we say things, we see things, we say things. And at six years old, I said something that really shocked my father. And I remember saying, wow, I see things in a different way than most people do. Of course, at six or maybe seven years old, I you know, you don't have a title for it, but I just went, hmm, not everybody sees things the way I do. Um, I did have a moment in second grade, which was actually quite pivotal, where this very, very long story short, a substitute teacher, Mr. Burke, came in. And it was really something out of the Dead Poets Society, where he was substituting for six weeks, and after three weeks, uh, we had done all our curriculum, and he said, hey, you kids, do you really want to learn the important things in life that you'll never learn in grade school? And, of course, we were like, what? It was really like a Dead Poets Society moment. And and he shared about nonverbal communication, um, and he shared a story about his daughter saying that she was doing fine at camp, but her handwriting went off the page, and he knew something was wrong, and everybody around him thought he was crazy and oversensitive. And he went up to her camp in the middle of the night, 
and it's true to form, she was having a really rough time. And he said, so, you know, just because people say things doesn't mean that's the truth and you have to listen to your own body and your own self. He said that it's second grade and that changed my life, that I wasn't crazy alone too much, that there were other people who felt things and saw things on a deep level. And the fact that he was a man in his 40s was an anomaly at that time to give voice to that. So those those were really life-affirming moments for me, knowing that I had an acute sense of awareness and sensitivity and was able to read people in ways that maybe other people weren't. So, um, So I didn't know for motivational speaker, but I knew that I was fascinated by human behavior. I knew that I wanted to make a difference, and I always love, as I call, edutating, entertaining and educating. Now there's actually a pithy little phrase called edutaining. <laughs> so that, that was my journey, and um, I started off as an actress, comedian, one-woman show, stand-up comic, as well as a body worker, and then about 12 years ago, I transitioned to coaching, and then about eight years ago, speaking. Wow, did you feel that you were, were people asking you for coaching advice, or you just said, I want to be a coach? Well, it was really funny because I, you know, I really believe in, in the coaching work that I do with my clients. I say, you know, you got to look at, I'm doing two half-day uh, workshops in St. Louis next week, and one of the questions in terms of life purpose, life purpose is like this big, be a myth question, what's my life purpose? And we can feel very overwhelmed as opposed to just making it much simpler and saying, well, what do people come to me that I love to provide, that it's a joy. And when they say thank you, you go, no, thank you, and you mean it. So I, when life coaching was becoming really popular about 10, 12 years ago, I was, like I said, a body worker, energy worker, as well as a performer, and I started asking my clients, I said, you know, I'm thinking of becoming a life coach. Do you think I'd be a good one, a life and business coach, because I knew I wanted to do both. They said, well, what's that? I said, well, you take people from where they are, you help them clarify where they want to go, the best route to take them, um, hold them lovingly accountable, and then you work with their belief systems that make sure that they are aligned with where they want to go. And every single one of my clients said the same thing. They said, oh, you've been doing that with me for the last 15 years. You've just been throwing in the massage. <laughs> and I said, really? <laughs> and they said, absolutely. And they said, are you thinking of becoming a life and business coach? I said, yes. And they said, does that mean we don't get the massage anymore? So that really, (laughs) that was my focus group on the table of being really reminded that I already was doing that work. Of course, I took five, six trainings afterwards and arduous, not arduous in terms of, you know, it was very intense, comprehensive training but it was something that I was doing intuitively with my clients for years. And, and I always know the connection between mind, body, and spirit, the, the holy trinity of a different nature, uh, mind, body, and spirit. So it was a rather seamless transition. I consider most career transitions to be called what I say career translation. You're merely translating your gifts, your skills, into potentially a different industry, but it's still you, you know, good or... Good news or bad news, we take us wherever we go. So that was my journey. Wonderful. So before we go to break in a couple of minutes, I I really love your book. And I I love saying the title, Courage to Sparkle and the Audacious Girl's Guide to Creating a Life that Lights You Up. So congrats on the success of the book. Oh, I really appreciate that. Now... 
how did you, what drew you to the word audacious? And do you always feel audacious? Oh, gosh, no. Does anybody ever feel everything all the time? No. <laughs> but I do believe that, for me, audacity, and I was thinking about that a lot. Um, I had this very, very soft-spoken Japanese woman come up to me the last time I was speaking, and she said, Ah, oh, excuse me, but thank you for saying audacious looks like all things. I am very quiet, but I am audacious. And it was just, it really warmed my heart. And I Aww. said, you are audacious. She told me her story, and my my jaw was, I was like slack-jawed. To me, audacity is the the tenacity, the courage, the chutzpah, <laughs> the moxie to honor our truth and our passions and our proclivities despite our fears and circumstances. And someone can be incredibly audacious but quiet and introverted. And that's why I love that book, Quiet, because it doesn't have to look like chaser lights. I mean, I'm somebody who dances and sings in the grocery store, just did it last night. I had eight people be my backup dancers by the time I got to the cashier. But <laughs> So I'm a, I'm a kind of an outgoing, audacious person. But to me, it's really it's a willingness to live in our truth, in our passion, and in our proclivities. So, And on that, that note, I yes. think we're going to let Take the listeners marinate on that. We're going to break, and we'll be back in two minutes and talk more it. with Thank Lewis you so Barth. Much. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Visit InspiredToHelp.net for help in feeling more grounded, centered, and relaxed using different energy healing tools. Lorraine Giordano works with women and men in person or via Skype or telephone sessions. You can sign up for a single session or try one of our discounted multi-session packages. We also offer three levels of Reiki classes. Find out more at InspiredToHelp.net. You can even book Lorraine for a workshop or speaking event. Visit InspiredToHelp.net today. Do you get a little nervous or hesitate to discuss topics down there that aren't talked about often? We hear you. Or are you curious to look at frequently discussed topics from a different perspective? Visiting inspiredtohealth.net opens up a whole world of discussion that you may not have known even existed. Lorraine Giordano offers a form of open and frank discussion about those seemingly unmentionable topics down below. Visit now, inspiredtohealth.net. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You 
are listening to the Womb Happy Hour. To reach Lorraine Giordano, her guest, or if you have a comment on the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at inspiredtohealth.net. Now back to the Womb Happy Hour. Hi, everybody. We're back, and we're continuing continuing our convo with Lois Barth. And uh, we were talking about uh, audacity, um, Lois. And how would you, how does one someone let that feeling flow in there every day? You have a chapter in your book, Audacity Builds Moxie. Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds great too. That has a nice feeling to it. But how how do we connect to that? You know, regularly. Yeah, I think that's a really great question, Lorraine, and it gets back to that classic Henny Youngman joke, how do you get to Carnegie Hall practice? And I think it's really, it's a daily practice. It's a daily commitment, not from like, oh, life's a project, but it's, it's a quality that you make a commitment to want to um, nurture and develop. Often we don't realize that our negative patterns are unconsciously patterns that we practice every day, <laughs> just not to our, not to, to our liability, uh, not to our assets. And the same thing with audacity. One of the things I have people do is create a sparkle list and to write, to just reassociate what things make you sparkle and why, and actually going down that list um, and developing it and, and doing a little bit every day. And for me, a part of my audacity is... Um, you know, I, I love meeting new people. I'll have really heartfelt existential conversations with people like while waiting for the bus. It's not unusual for somebody to say, wow, I've told you more in the last 10 minutes than I told most people in the last 10 years. And I was like, well, it's time for you to have different conversations with your friends because, you know, it sounds like you need to share. So I think it's really about first defining what does audacity look like and feel like in your life. And I think... Um, I say stretch, don't break. I'm not one of those, oh, if it's terrifying, do it. I feel like we have to honor our systems, and that's what I love so much about the topic of your radio program is that we have to listen to our gut, to our body, uh, to our sacral centers, um, and look at how do we stretch. How do we stretch, don't break? And defining what audacity looks like for you and each day taking those actions, and I also think it's imperative that we surround ourselves with people who cheer us on. And that's why I love the term sparkle sisters, because when women radiate at their most highest femininity and their light, we, we, light, we can light each other up or we could put ourselves and each other on dimmers. So I think it's very important. And I guess just the last piece is to really connect what do you want the audacity to, how is it connected to your life vision? So, for example, my courage to sparkle is my goal is that when I meet people in any setting, I want, I want them to come away more elevated, having been in my presence. And so I sometimes will be scared or have trepidation like everybody else, but because I'm connected with the vision of what I want to create around me and for the people in my life, that commitment overrides my momentary fear. So I would say those are the different steps. But surrounding yourself around people who say, whoa, good for you, Sparkle Sister, audacious, you go, girl, 
that makes a huge difference because usually we have experienced the opposite in our life. Yes, and I really think it's important for women, especially there's so many entrepreneurs out there, that collaboration and supporting one another makes such a huge difference. And I think it's the other thing is, um, just to kind of go a little layer deeper, is really get clear as, as a coach and a speaker, I, 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 really, um, I really make a point of asking people to really think about the type of support and the type of feedback they need. And this will happen a lot in my coaching sessions where I'll say, well, what type of feedback would be helpful? And somebody says, well, I don't know, just tell me. And I say, no. I want you to actually sit with it. I want you to start, you know, we spend more time trying to figure out how to use our smartphone than our own system. I want you to take a moment to really think about the type of support that you need because that's intrinsically connected with your needs, to your wiring. And they'll say, well, what do you mean? Can you give me a few examples? I'll say, well, do you need reassurance right now? Do you need a sounding board? Do you need to be reminded that you're a lot stronger than you're giving yourself credit for? And when we become really clear on the type of feedback and the type of support we need, it's like helping others to help us. And we can do the same for them. And I, I, think, I don't think there's enough emphasis about teaching people to get really clear the type of feedback that would provide the most value for them and to also offer to others the type of feedback. And that's a very important part of my coaching because then people become experts on their own needs. And can you imagine a world of, of women and even men can sparkle too of people who are really clear of their needs and, and ask for it in an appropriate way? Boy, wow. talk about the world spinning on its axis, right? Talk about a seismic shift in the world. So that's something I feel very passionate about. Yeah, but let me ask you this, Lois. So you've sure. been a national speaker you know, for L'Oreal, the American Heart Association, Go Red Luncheon, the Red Cross, the Girl Scouts, and that's just to name a few. And right. you've coached hundreds of women. Mm-hmm. And, um, spe- and men, you too. Spoke- I would say about 25% men. of my practice has always been men. As Thank I could you say, for as I like to that say, out. Men, men sparkle, too. <laughs> they sure do. Yeah. Um, does it surprise you by how many women and men don't trust themselves? No, it doesn't surprise me at all, sadly. I find it very sad, but it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, the reason why is, you know, there was, a, there was a phrase years ago, the silent majority, and I think it still exists. In, you know, a lot of the world... What do you mean? It, what's that? What do you mean? Well, I think that there is a very endemic message about, you know, stay with the crowd. <laughs> don't, don't push against um, the norm. Go with the flow. Don't make waves. You know, you might get fired. You might get criticized. Um, you look at people who are the change makers, who are the artists. For every 10,000 Lady Gaga fans, I can tell you people who made her so wrong why does she have to wear a meat suit, you know, as opposed to what the message is that she was trying to say? So I actually think we get huge amounts of pressure as women. We, we, we don't have to have a conversation about the double standard there is for women and men, that women are, are um, judged on a much harsher standard, both internally and externally. So, of course, that is going to override our, our ability to trust ourselves and to listen to ourselves. 
they did a study years ago, God willing, it's not accurate anymore, but 25 years ago, I, I did like a 65-hour very rigorous self-defense course, and they interviewed a 1,000 women who were physically and sexually assaulted. And they interviewed them, and they, they asked, uh, there was 1,000 women, and they asked each one of them, did you know something was wrong before it happened? And 96% of them said that they knew was something wrong. They, something felt off before it happened. And they said, why didn't you get out of the situation? And they all said they either second-guessed themselves or didn't want to hurt the other person's feelings. God willing, that statistic has gone down 25 years later. I hope it has. But, yes, I think there's tremendous pressure for, um, you know, nice girls. And um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, huge. So it doesn't surprise me at all. I wish it did. <laughs> and and I, I coach everybody from people who are starting their business, taking to the next level, to very high-end, you know, C-suite folks. And uh, I just find it endemic for women to not trust themselves or second-guess themselves. And men, too, but specifically women. I find that in my practice as well. I bet you um, do. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Trusting intuition, their own intuition. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and it's the bitter irony, you're the specialist in this area, is, you know, our intuition. I mean, we, we bring birth into the world, whether we have children or not, we birth other ideas, we birth potential. I mean, we're, we're potential machines. <laughs> That's kind of what we are as women. And we have this incredibly attuned system if we give it a fighting chance. And then we say, shut up, little instinct. Sh- shut up, little voice of instinct. Who asked you anyway, right? And then we go and yeah. it. But, but hopefully that, that paradigm is sh- changing. I'm a hopeless optimist, so um, I'm hoping that paradigm is shifting. I, I, actually I think it is. Change. I think there I is progress. I do believe it is. I see it. It is with the Me yes. Too and everything that's happening. Can you talk about the inner critic? Because I think this yes. ties into why especially women don't trust themselves enough. Absolutely. Yes, I think the inner critic really puts us on dimmers and uh, dulls our sparkle and undermines our own intrinsic brilliance. Because if we're constantly being harangued by a negative self-talk that I call my itty-bitty committee, my my particular inner critic, I have a name, Slash, my anti-superhero out to Slash, my self-esteem. <laughs> and um, yes, it's constantly haranguing us and telling us what we're doing is wrong, we're wronged, um, we don't have, we're not doing enough, we're not enough, we don't have enough, you know, we're like little giant not enough, you know, voices, it totally undermines our instincts. It's so disruptive. Incredibly disruptive draining. um, Causes a lot of overwhelm and confusion. Absolutely. It's a giant buzzkill. Let's face it. (laughs) So, but but I I have worked with close to a thousand clients at this point on really overriding that voice and working with it and not resisting it, but listening to it, but not acquiescing to it. It's different. Because I don't believe it's about drowning out that voice. You know, the Buddhists say what we resist persists, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, but it's about saying, huh, what is this voice saying? Huh. Because that's how we can learn and grow. Um, and I do a lot of different techniques in my keynotes and in my coaching work on how to override that voice. 
and not to give, and how not to give it that much power. I I love metaphor. It's such a great teaching tool, and to me, one of the most beautiful metaphors is in The Wizard of Oz when I call it a Toto moment, where a wonderful little Toto pulls away the curtain, and we see this big ominous voice as this little guy on a stool because he's not even tall enough, <laughs> you know, pushing the levers. And I think that way about our inner voice, if we can recruit our own little inner Toto to pull away the curtain and go, it's just a bunch of old voices that are no longer rooted in reality, um, then we start to have more ownership over who gets to be in the driver's seat. And so that really is my life's work with my clients and the uh, groups that I speak to. Lucky for everyone. So Aww. we're going to take a break and sure. um, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. But when we get back, if we can talk about, if you can maybe share some examples about how to quiet or soften that inner critic Absolutely. and then kind of pay attention more to what you refer to as a sweetheart voice. I think that yes, would be fascinating. sweetheart voice. Absolutely. That sounds great, Lorraine. I look forward to it. Okay. We'll be back shortly after the break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Visit inspiredtohelp.net for help in feeling more grounded, centered, and relaxed using different energy healing tools. Lorraine Giordano works with women and men in person or via Skype or telephone sessions. You can sign up for a single session or try one of our discounted multi-session packages. We also offer three levels of Reiki classes. Find out more at inspiredtohealth.net. You can even book Lorraine for a workshop or speaking event. Visit inspiredtohealth.net today. Do you get a little nervous or hesitate to discuss topics down there that aren't talked about often? We hear you. Or are you curious to look at frequently discussed topics from a different perspective? Visiting inspiredtohelp.net opens up a whole world of discussion that you may not have known even existed. Lorraine Giordano offers a form of open and frank discussion about those seemingly unmentionable topics down below. Visit now, inspiredtohelp.net. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Womb Happy Hour. To reach Lorraine Giordano, her guest, or if you have a comment on the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at inspiredtohealth.net. Now back to the Womb Happy Hour. Hi, everybody. We're back. We're having a lovely convo with Lois Barth. And we were just talking about the inner critic. And Lois, I was wondering, um, you talk about the sweetheart voice. Even mm-hmm. saying sweetheart voice, that sounds very soothing and calming. Mm. Um, <laughs> so how does one tune in more to their sweetheart voice versus their inner critic? Because that sometimes can be tricky depending on what's going on. Absolutely. Well, you know, one thing I... For me, uh, Lorraine, what happened is I had really what I call a spiritual awakening 
at, um, and, I, and I share about this in my book, and in my keynote, I had really, you know, I was like one of those, I've always been a very passionate person and excited by life, and I always have felt intrinsically that life is a gift. Um, but I had what I said, called a belly full of passion and a head full of negative self-talk. And it was relentless, and it just, oh, writer's block, stage fright, relentless negative self-talk. I went from uh, 120 pounds feeling fat to 91 pounds to 180 pounds. In less than two years, I had literally doubled my weight. And, you know, nobody recognized me, and worst of all, I didn't recognize myself. And I, you know, I, I ate lots of, you know, bags and boxes and all kinds of, you know, junk food, but the most fattening thing I was doing was constantly berating myself. And one day I was leaving my apartment and, you know, constantly typical, um, you know, my negative self-talk. I, I think I had binged on a half a dozen donuts that day and, and slash, I call my inner, as I mentioned, my inner critic slash was like, you're so fat, you're going to weigh 180 pounds for the rest of your life. You'll never lose the weight. And it was the first time that I heard another voice in addition to Slash that said, sweetheart, what if you could never lose or gain another pound? How would you live your life? And that blew my mind. I had never heard that voice. And it was not only the actual content of the message, but the softness and the kindness. And I, I had this image when I look back that I was like on the Titanic and it was like a lifeboat called my sweetheart voice. And I really feel like it was a spiritual awakening for me. I went back into my apartment and I started writing a list of things I'll do once I'm thin, like, you know, buy a bathing suit, wear a bathing suit without a cover-up, flirt with guys, you know, buy clothes I actually like, do work that I love. And I started to go down what, you know, this list. And uh, it's, it was terrifying and exciting. And all of a sudden, I started to develop compassion for myself. And I really saw that sweetheart voice as my, my only chance. And I had done a lot of work, and I had been in therapy, and I was in a 12-step program, and all of, that, all of that was very helpful. I don't negate any of it. But the sweetheart voice was the tipping voice. And I've always been a wildly curious person. And that moment, I said, what would my life start to look like if I start to recruit that voice in it more? And then I started, and this is an exercise that I do in my groups, um, and I also have an exercise called the Itty Bitty Committee. It's on my website. I have a, launched a series of videos called Smart Sexy TV. It's kind of Wayne Dyer meets Carol Burnett. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I really started to develop this sweetheart voice, and I started to imagine this very kind but fierce uh, benevolent spirit. I call it the divine mother that has nothing to do with religion, but really the, the, this incredible compassionate voice. And I remember one of my very last most violent binges was just visualizing her voice saying, oh, sweetheart, you must be in a lot of pain in order to be binging like that. What are you hurting? What are you really hungry for, sweetheart? What, do you, what would really satiate you? And the binging started to stop, basically, because my sweetheart voice was becoming more powerful. I believe light is much more powerful than darkness, obviously, metaphorically and literally. And that started to override. And Slash started, I started to loosen my grasp 
<laughs> you know, or I should say, um, Slash's power started to loosen its grip on me. And I really decided to make it my life's work to help others. Because when I moved from one of my loicisms is from criticism to curiosity, children are innately, and dogs and animals and cats, they're innately very curious. That's what we love about them. They're fascinated. We have that same curiosity. And we can move from criticism to curiosity, and in the curiosity is where compassion comes. We can be curious about a behavior we're doing without having to be um, judgmental. And even now, I mean, I fall short of my goals all the time, and I overeat, you know, like everybody else, I do my chocolate therapy. <laughs> and, but now when I find myself in a pattern, I can recruit curiosity and discernment versus judgmentalness and I do it to the best of my ability because I'm a recovering perfectionist like so many of us but yeah so the beginning is and I do this exercise I'm actually thinking about eventually doing a video on it but I do this exercise with my groups I'm actually going to be doing it this week um, in St. Louis and Albany where I have people reenact their negative self-talk it's a body-mind centering exercise and then I have them think of the worst thing something they've done recently that they they just are beating themselves up about they're really angry at themselves or a disappointment or setback and let all those voices and then think about somebody in their life that they love that they're kind to and that they speak to in compassionate tone and think of that person coming to them with that same type of pain what would you say to them not only the verbiage but the tone and then start to visualize that same person within you (laughs) that you say those words to that part of you that's hurting. And people were, I just did a presentation a week ago, and people were really moved. You know, one person stood up and said, I don't feel like I deserve to speak to myself nicely. And I said, wow. She was like, oh, my God, I'm so horrified to find that. I said, this is great information. So your, your classroom in life is around deserving. You can, you know... You had a Toto moment there. You could pull away the curtain and see that this thing perched is this issue called deserving. This is great news. You can work on that. That's not embedded in stone. And so I really feel that we have that. We're, we're natural nurturers, especially as women. And we can especially. redirect. Oh, my God, especially. We can redirect that compassion and kindness and nurturance towards ourselves towards those parts of us that are hurting, that are in pain. Um, we have it. Just a, it's just a choice to redirect it, to say, I am committed to redirecting what I do, thank you very much, every single day to the other people in my life and redirecting it to myself, along with them. It's not an either-or, it's a both. Yeah, and I think those silent whispers that we hear that are just uniquely within us yeah. can play a huge pivot point. Oh, so huge. when totally I was, um, huge. Devast- yeah, when I was, I was in the subway, um, in New York city or waiting for a subway. And I heard a voice that said, Lorraine, you don't need to lose your uterus. Just treat yourself wow. nicer. Love yourself more. And I was like, wow. who said that to me? And wow. my whole body vibrated in such a different way mm. that, that curiosity of like, where did that voice come from? Who, what was that? But it, it changed my whole life. I wouldn't be doing the show without that moment. Wow. But, Incredible. Um, 
Yeah, it's all I there. think the, body is it's all there. Yes, if we tune in. You have to give it a fighting chance. It's beautiful. Yeah. What a beautiful... Thank you for sharing that. I, I read that um, on the show, but just hearing you in your voice, it was your uterus speaking, right? Saying, I'm not done yet. <laughs> you know, yeah. beautiful. And just to be curious about, yeah. I did have a chance to... What could I do differently? And I realized my self-speak was very much like I would start off with no and then back into a yes. Right. Just based on how things evolved when I was little. So those little moments of awareness make huge ripple effects, I think. Huge. Huge. It's, you know, our inner wisdom is right there. It's just, it's always there. It's kind of like a fish in water saying, where's the water, where's the water? It's like, it's right there. (laughs) Just stand still long enough to actually feel the water, you know, feel what's already there, feel the inner wisdom. And and that's why I think, you know, we're so overstimulated as a society. You know, I used to have um, a keynote that I did that people loved. I might bring it back called Bloated at the Banquet of Life, Overstuffed but Undernourished. And I think that we are a very overfed, starving culture. And it's so horrifying considering the level of wealth in America. You know, I know there's also tremendous poverty, but we are so overfed and overstuffed and overstimulated and undernourished. And that's why I love that title, Bloated at the Banquet of Life. And uh, so much of my work also is to help people connect with their sparkle. What I call is my sparkle is basically to shine bright, to share your gifts, and to make a difference. But if you're going 90 miles an hour all the time, you can't, you know, you can't stop. You can't breathe and say, what holds meaning to me right now? What, what is putting me on dimmers? You know, what, what do I want to say no to? What do I want to say yes to? And and I think it's just so powerful those those quote unquote quiet voices are actually screaming. <laughs> you know, they just they they amplify the truth of who we are and what is. I our think wisdom. so. And yeah. do you think we avoid that inner that inner um, knowing those little guidance messages because? we're afraid to kind of deal with our shadows because what I really like about your work is you also talk about shadows, Mm -hmm. which um, I kind of relate to masculine feminine. Like in order to get to the light, it is important to kind of go through the darkness as well. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I agree. I think it's a lot of things. Um, I definitely think it's shadows. I think we still live in a very black and white thinking culture that I love. That's why I love, first of all, I have a whole bling bling bureau, so I have a little consumption in the bling bling department. But I love the metaphor of sparkle, which is we are all gems, but gems in order to sparkle are multifaceted. We, we can have jagged edges, you know, but we have to reflect the light, but a flat surface never reflects the light, right? It's the multifacets. So I think part of our fears around our shadow is sometimes it's not even like that we're dark and, you know, we're in darkness or bad. It's just the complexity of our humanity. 
you know, we can be incredibly generous in certain areas and really stingy <laughs> in others. And instead of like, oh, I want to hide that part, is to say, oh, wow, why, why am I feeling stingy? Huh. I wonder where I'm feeling deprived that I need to hold everything to myself. You know, so I think, I think you're right. I think it's the shadows. And I also think that when people start to slow down and really listen, the information tells us some very uncomfortable things. Relationships that need to change and shift and boundaries that need to be reset. I mean, I, I remember one client came to me and she was, I, I called it, she had a perfect on-paper life. But it was like nobody was home in her eyes. And I said, well, we'll call her Donna. That wasn't her name. And, I'll, and I said, Donna, what do you want to do? I don't know. You know, I have a kid and... Ah, my job is okay, you know, but on paper, she looked great. She had the gorgeous hair and the fabulous Prada Shmada Ada, you know. She had that whole high C-suite life and blah, blah, blah. And And Lois, do you think we could finish up the story after we take the break? Oh, sure thing. Okay, we'll come back and you can finish up the Donna story. (laughs) We'll be back in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Visit InspiredToHelp.net for help in feeling more grounded, centered, and relaxed using different energy healing tools. Lorraine Giordano works with women and men in person or via Skype or telephone sessions. You can sign up for a single session or try one of our discounted multi-session packages. We also offer three levels of Reiki classes. Find out more at InspiredToHelp.net. You can even book Lorraine for a workshop or speaking event. Visit InspiredToHelp.net today. Do you get a little nervous or hesitate to discuss topics down there that aren't talked about often? We hear you. Or are you curious to look at frequently discussed topics from a different perspective? Visiting inspiredtohelp.net opens up a whole world of discussion that you may not have known even existed. Lorraine Giordano offers a form of open and frank discussion about those seemingly unmentionable topics down below. Visit now, inspiredtohelp.net. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Womb Happy Hour. To reach Lorraine Giordano, her guest, or if you have a comment on the show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at inspiredtohealth.net. Now back to the Womb Happy Hour. Hi, everybody. We're back. And uh, Lois, you were sharing a story about Donna. Sure. Um, you. So, yeah, so basically she was really, had a very flat affect, even though she had this quote-unquote perfect on-paper life. And I said, well, Donna, what, what would you, and you, we've all heard this expression, but um, I said, Donna, if you, in your next chapter of your life, if you couldn't fail, and negative self-talk, you gave it a chill vacation somewhere <laughs> that, that was on a long hiatus. What would you be doing? And she said, oh, that's easy. I'd open a branding company. I'd only work 30 hours. I'd go to all my son's softball league. I would 
go to yoga three times a week. Like, she just started to ref. I said, how long do you think it will take to get to this next stage in your life of opening your own branding company, you know, going to your son's soccer? She was a single parent. She said, about a year and a half. And I said, well, buckle in your seatbelt. We're going for a ride. She accomplished it in a year. And it wasn't like she didn't have obstacles, but connecting with what was important to her and getting support to do it made all the difference in the world. So we really do know. We all often have um, concerns, doubts, but if we just put those to the side, and say, if I wasn't afraid, if I couldn't fail, what would I be doing right now? And that's a launching off place to really do very rich vision crafting work. You know, you can bring in the considerations afterwards, but first remove the shackles of self-doubt. Um, and that, that's why I made a video series, Smart Sexy TV. It's on my website, www.loisbarth.com. You can go to Smart Sexy, and there's all kinds of videos on how to untrigger from stress, how to deal with your itty-bitty committee, how to set boundaries. Um, and they're all humorous. Like I said, Wayne Dyer meets Carol Burnett. So... That sounds like an awesome resource. So uh, if someone wanted to work with you, um, what are some, what's some common feedback that you get from the clients that you work with? Oh, well, thank you for asking, Lorraine. I, you know, because my focus is largely keynote speaking and I'm going to be launching an online uh, uh, coaching program this year. Basically, I work with really just a handful of clients and um, if somebody was to work with me, in fact, what I'd like to offer to your listeners is the first five people to email me at lois at loisbarth.com, my email, and in the subject field, write, sign me up for my sparkle session. I will be happy to gift them a 30-minute sparkle session. We'll brainstorm what goals they're working on in their life. I'll give them a suggestion. And if if we feel like we're a fit for each other to see how coaching can make a difference. But basically, to answer your question, I work with people on both the personal and professional front because I feel like the line between personal and professional is invisible. So I have helped people accomplish every goal from being unemployed to getting a six-figure job to being terminally single to walking down the aisle at 49 (laughs) with the love of their life uh, to closing, you know, a Broadway show to actually getting a role in a Broadway show. A lot of different goals. And sometimes it's much more nuanced. Sometimes it's like, wow, um, I find I get buried at the at the table with the boys club. And I don't, I not only want to own my seat there, but I want to own the table. And I've helped women with communication. How do you communicate more effectively? How do you, how do you nail that interview? So really, like I said, personal and professional is really how I see my work. That's why I train to be both a life coach and a business coach, because I feel the two work really well together. Really well. Yes, what shows up in our life, in our personal life, absolutely impacts professionally and vice versa. And so can you just repeat for the listeners who might have missed it the um, sure. on your website, the resources that you just mentioned absolutely. before? Absolutely. Um, my website is www.loisbarth.com, smart, sexy, 
TV is a button right there. It has a series of seven different videos that really help around empowerment and communication. And what I'd love to offer to the listeners today is if you feel like you're ready to make some you know, significant changes in your life, personally and professionally, if you think that coaching might be a fit for you, for to just send me an email, lois at loisbarth.com, and in the subject field, write, sign me up for that sparkle session, and the first five people to shoot me an email, I will secure slots with them, complimentary, and brainstorm how I can support them, what kind of goals are they looking for, and to see if we're a fit. It would be really my pleasure. Awesome. Thank you so much for offering that. Oh, it's so my pleasure. Now, we're going to have to close up. But, um, okay. Boy, that is the quickest hour that ever passed. It's really it been a pleasure. It goes by so fast. <laughs> yes. You shared such amazing, important, valuable information. Thank you so much. Oh, it's so my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you do in the world. It's really an Thank honor. You. I'm right back at you, sister. All right, Sparkle Sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you listeners, if you want to connect with Lois on social media, she's definitely out there. So check her out on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, um, Lois YouTube. Barth, L-O-I-S-B-A-R-T-H. What were you saying? I said also YouTube as well. Oh, YouTube as well. Absolutely. Um, I mean, if you're, who doesn't want to sparkle more? And if oh, you're looking true. for an, a, a nice, uh, a powerful <laughs> electric um, person to help you raise your vibration and change your life, please reach out to Lois. I would love that. It'd be wonderful to hear from you. All right. So. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. Louie did not bark, but that does not mean that um, there weren't <laughs> a lot of sparkly connections made <laughs> during the hour. <laughs> and um, thank you for tuning in. And um, if you'd like to connect with me, check me out at inspiredtohealth.net and on Facebook, Inspired to Health, and Twitter, Inspired to Health, and LinkedIn. And um and we'll be back and uh, sending everyone a big womb hug. Remember to kind of take some deep breaths and send some energy down there. Don't stay too much in your head. And uh, I hope you have a great week. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Lois. Thank you for joining us for the Womb Happy Hour. Be sure to tune in again for another edition featuring your host, Lorraine Giordano, next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have an excellent week.